0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Ash. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, eighteen hundred and fifty miles southeast of me, is none other than Mr. Fisher. And we are coming to you live for the one hundred and ninety-second time this fifteenth day of March, two thousand and nineteen. Mr. Fisher, how the heck are you?
1: I'm pretty good, I reckon. Got nothing to complain about. Hey. How about you
0: I uh, I also have nothing to complain about, fine sir. You uh you sounded rather northern and edumacated with that response. Not uh, the hillbilly we've all grown to love.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that even means. How did I sound northernly? Uh
0: smart? Oh no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh that would have been your perfect opportunity to say something nasty about me. That was mean. <laughs> Oh well. Hey, welcome to the show.
1: Episode 192. Yeah. I think another five or six years we'll hit two hundred.
0: I was just thinking it might be two or three, yeah. Maybe five or six. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh it it's kind of funny. I think back about when we started and it does not feel that long ago. Uh thinking about life for me at that point. Life doesn't seem that terribly uh distant but man i think about episode 100 when we had colin ganley on here with us Mm -hmm. that seems about a lifetime and a half ago (laughs) you know 100 more episodes seems closer than only 92 but eh, that's something
1: yeah it's all right by paying us for this
0: yeah hey nobody's paying us we uh we've made that clear at first it was a it was a showing of solidarity that we didn't want to be tied down to being a company shill. And then they listened to the show and they just didn't want to pay us anymore.
1: <laughs> and then they listened to us trash each and every one of them at various times on some product they made.
0: <laughs> well, let's be honest. Most of the time it's me who says something that's stupid and ignorant. But, uh, you know, are, are you uh, you've been slightly mean once or twice, I think.
1: Eh, not so much. I'm never mean. Nah, you're right. I seem to have lost video, though. Sorry. Uh, You know what? I'm not even on video. I couldn't even tell you what you looked like. All I see for me is a frozen face.
0: You you know what? I do see a frozen face. A frozen, like... uh, Santa Claus giddy face. If you had uh, an all-white beard, it would be perfect.
1: It <laughs> looks kind of like Bob McDuffie on my screen. <laughs> it does kind of look like Bob
0: McDuffie. Uh, uh, good times. I don't hey, know. It's uh, it's about time for our obligatory, we should get them on the show again. Comment.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I bet it's been a week since we've said that.
1: Close to it. Uh-huh.
0: <sighs> How have things been down in the Dominican Republic? Hot.
1: Really? Yeah, I'm sweating in places right now as we speak.
0: Oh boy. Boy, with the visual of you smiling like that, that's the last <laughs> thing I needed to know. Ah <laughs> oh, hell Kip, what's wrong with you? Uh hot. What's hot? What's
1: hot? You you hitting ninety? Uh ish. Maybe oh, just wolf. under I don't know. Somewhere around there though. Uh let's see. Uh at this very moment. Seventy seven.
0: Oh, that's friggin' gorgeous.
1: It is. Unless you're sitting here in two shirts like me.
0: Well, that's you know, not so gorgeous. No. We had uh we had sixty I think yesterday. Wow. And then today we got snow at nine a.m. so yeah. w what,
1: what, what, what why? uh
0: i I could call mother nature if you'd like an answer on that (laughs) Uh, we didn't get any accumulation it just flurried for a bit i don't know what the heck the problem is oh well it's better than uh oof it's better than colorado i tell you yeah some uh weather intern invented some crazy uh new way to sell uh, weather reports by calling something a bomb cyclone?
1: I saw that, and I had no idea what that meant. I mean, i Neither did anybody miles. else until a week ago. Yeah.
0: For Pete's sake. Uh, all I know is my mom told me, my folks live in northern Colorado, my mom told me, boy, it's a good thing you didn't come on that fishing trip this week because there'd be nowhere that you'd be going. I guess it oh. hit uh, pretty hard.
1: Crazy winds, too. Wow. Mm-hmm. I saw some of the videos were just... Crazy. I uh
0: I was raised in a house or anytime I'd complain about the weather, my dad would go, eh, wait till winter gets here. So, <laughs> so I I wanna have some smart ass remark for you or smart alec remark for you on that one.
1: Yeah.
0: You uh drinking anything this evening?
1: Nope. Just Drink it in life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am, oh, besides almost breaking the glass I'm drinking from, should finish that. I have a new rum premise. I don't know if you've ever heard of that.
1: No, I have not. Uh,
0: it's very interesting. I would say it's almost akin to uh, a scotch. Um, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's not bad. Certainly it's not bad. But uh, it's a little bit higher proof, 90-some-odd proof, a little bit harder, a little bit more woodsy flavors, not nearly the sweet, sugary rum that I'm uh, more accustomed to drinking. But uh, I did not give myself any club soda today, so uh, I bet it would be pretty good with that, though, just regular water for me today. so It's called Foursquare uh four square rum distillery yeah the rum is called premise
1: i don't know check in every time Our... you open the bottle <laughs> what you have to check in every time you open the bottle
0: oh because it's four square yeah uh, see i'm a child of the 80s kip i i think mm-hmm. the, you know like the uh kickball ball game four square did you ever play that in in Tennessee?
1: I did not. That was for the young kids. I oh. oh. Until I was grown already. Probably.
0: I see. I see. Ah, you old bastard.
1: My kids played it.
0: Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. Jeez. All right. Well, now I feel like a youngin'.
1: Well, you're what? Uh, 22, 23 now? 11 uh-huh. Uh-huh. A, you're the reason the fda is cracking down so hard
0: <laughs> uh, sh- 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 sh. let's change the subject <laughs> we uh we have not unbanded this week don't we
1: we do now that we're 15 20 minutes into this thing <laughs> we might may want to announce what it is we're smoking
0: yeah it's four and three eighths inches long and we decided eh, why do we have to introduce it right away we've got plenty of time i'm about to burn yeah. my fingertips
1: well, oh well. Four and ish. Mine was a little heavier than that, but not quite. Uh four and a half. I don't know what I I'm trying to look at. I don't have my uh, handy dandy gauge available. In fact I don't have any clue in the world where it's at right now. So I'm gonna rely on you for the ring measurement.
0: I have a somehow I found a, a really cool snazzy uh, dork alert cigar round measurement thing collapses makes a cool noise when you uh fling it open
1: yeah hey and you minute. can clip the cigars of your whole party at the same time <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh give me your finger Kip okay.
0: yep four and three eighths by fifty it fit the fifty uh dial on here perfectly um mine was uh. Not the prettiest little cigar uh, before I lit it up. I have to say, this one looked almost a little washed out, like somebody had left it in their pocket. Uh, Matte brown, really definitely matte brown. No oils whatsoever. Very little cap. uh, Completely different type of tobacco aroma than what I normally get today. Um, I can tell it's tobacco, but it doesn't really smell like a cigar or what I'm used to with a cigar. Almost aromatic or cured, despite being a a pretty faint aroma, too. Um, A pretty cool definition of wrapper, though, if you looked at the cigar from the foot. I don't know if you had the opportunity to do this or not, Kip, but you could see a 16th of an inch of binder. You could see the little outline of wrapper, and then you could see perfect uh, filler tobacco in there. It was kind of a neat little visual. You don't normally get such a clean um, differentiation like that.
1: I did not pay attention. Uh, it was kind of neat. Kind of cool to look at, actually. Hmm.
0: Um, I lit mine up just before start of the show, right at about 8.30. So I'm 20, 25 minutes in. Uh, my initial flavors of this thing, uh, not to, to give you a tasting report, but something that um, uh, I was reminded of was, you remember how we used to always kind of bring in the new school or old school Nicaraguan flavors? Yes, well, this cigar was jam-packed with new school Nicaraguan. It just was was that kind of zingy and a little bit of like a a nutty, almondy sweetness to go along with like kind of the typical orangey twang or zing. And then Mm -hmm. half an inch in, gone. That all just went the way of the dodo. I. I don't know why, but, uh, the cigar changed completely at that point. And it was so, 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 um, evident right away that it's, it's worth noting just because of its absence now.
1: Yeah. Mine, mine was a pretty rapid and drastic change from the, the get go as well, but it was from, uh, an oddball, um, peculiar kind of flavor, a little grassy or vegetal even initially, but that kind of faded away. It got uh, what I described before we were recording as a little less not sweet, although I would stop short of calling it sweet now, but it's definitely improved within just a few minutes. Um, Burning impeccably. I'm trying to look at what I initially put in the notes beforehand. Same kind of coloration, medium dark brown, no sheen whatsoever, very, very matte kind of finish. And in fact, if you look at it with the reflection of the light shining across it, you can see teeny tiny little tooth all throughout this wrapper leaf. It actually reminds me of some of the wrappers that Oliva likes to use on some of their Maduro offerings. Um, It's very toothy, but the tooth is tiny, tiny, almost can't even see it unless you get the reflection. Uh, going across it, uh, what I call moderate kind of veins on the wrapper, although the wrapper seems really, really thin. It telegraphs every single little nook, cranny, and lump and bump underneath. Uh, everything shows through. There's no no secrets <laughs> underneath the wrapper of the cigar. They, they're all revealed just from that telegraphing.
0: Robert Redford, uh, Sidney Poitier, uh, agree with you on that one?
1: Sure. Oh, sneakers? No clue in the world what you're talking about.
0: Ah, oh, One of the great uh, uh, fun thrillers from the early 90s, Sneakers. Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Ben Kingsley, Dan Aykroyd, River Phoenix. Such a great movie.
1: Mm. It's a shame. I, I don't believe I've ever even heard of that.
0: Oh my gosh, that's great. I love that movie. Kind of um uh magnificent seven-ish camaraderie feel to it. Uh hmm. th- th- neat, n- neat. Anyways, their yeah. logo was or slogan? Their slogan was no secrets. Hmm. Anyways. Okay. Uh, I will echo your sentiment. Spoiler
1: alert! Spoiler alert! (laughs) Uh,
0: I will echo your sentiment about this wrapper being thin. You could uh, you could unravel it and try to hold it up to light, and you would be able to see right through it. It's so thin.
1: Hmm. Interesting. What kind of wrapper leaf you know that's that thin? What'd you say? What kind of wrapper leaf do you know that typically runs that kind of thin thinness? If that's even a word.
0: Um. Well, uh, Connecticut is one of the things. I've always wondered if Cameroon is super, super, super thin, or if it's just super, super delicate.
1: I, I've heard it mostly described as delicate, and I know if you look at it sideways, it crumbles no matter how well it has been humidified.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, you could find shade grown abono that would be like that, but I don't think that anybody would say that this would be shade grown or a premium wrapper. Could just be, you know, slightly cloudy when this grew, or maybe it's Ecuadorian.
1: (laughs) It was slightly cloudy for 20 weeks. weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it's possible. Man, you know. While we're talking about a little tobacco, the the fields I have to drive by all the time on my way to the mountains were planted extremely late this year. And, and they were last year as well. Last year, the weather was crazy. We had too much rain and then not enough. And it was really late. But this year, it was insanely late. I, like the plants, which should have already been harvested normally. Uh, or, or be in the midst of priming right now, they haven't even started. They're, they're maybe half to two-thirds grown. They're going to be harvesting this tobacco throughout April, I imagine, Holy into God. May.
0: I read an article somewhere. I Now I'm not remembering where it was, saying that uh, because of the dryness of this winter, that the Dominican tobacco harvest is going to be amazing, which seems contrary to what you're saying.
1: Oh, I don't know about the yield or the quality. I'm just saying it was planted very, very late, even much later than last year, which was a very late year. And I know that typically it's time for harvest right now, time for priming, and they, they're they not even close to getting ready to start. I mean, they've taken the suckers off the bottom. That's about it. Yeah.
0: You know, I would say it's probably, uh, I mean, I would say in a normal year, this would be after when priming would take place
1: yeah in a normal year they they're you know it's in the barns being strung up at at the very least
0: Huh. well you know i guess uh maybe this is the new norm now
1: maybe so it it is an extremely dry year um the lake lake levels are very very low there's a lot of water rationing going on
0: Hmm. Well, I uh, I have to say, I have never seen as low of a reservoir as when I was in New Mexico. Oh, by the way, I'm back from my fishing trip.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't even know you were gone until you were back. Oh,
0: really? You, yeah. You, I thought that we had talked about schedule, about how uh, we oriented our schedule so that way. I uh, would be gone, but... I'm sure we did, but... You you know I have a tumor. Oh, that's right. I told the tumor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, anyways, I went on my uh, annual fishing trip two weeks ago. It was glorious.
1: I'm glad to hear it.
0: We we had a uh, really unbelievable weather um, right in the middle of... I guess right in between two uh, tough weather spells that they had there, um, we were 50s during the day and mid 30s at night. It had been horrible, horrible. Sn- yes, that, that
1: was the that was the good.
0: Oh, it's February in the mountains when you're fishing, yeah, man, that's good <laughs> weather.
1: You are insane.
0: Oh, it was, it was okay. Okay. You're standing in a, uh, a 45, 50-degree stream in waders and uh, uh, you're cold from the water. I'll just put it that way. I got to yeah. imagine that 50 degrees has got to feel pretty nice when you're wearing all those clothes for that cold river.
1: You know what else feels nice in a cold river? Uh,
0: don't say 80.
1: July. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what I just heard? I think the uh, Tennessee trout record just got broken.
1: Hmm. I did not hear that. Wait uh, for which which trout?
0: I couldn't tell you which trout. I heard the description of the trout which broke the record. That it you looks like, size? Uh, I think, 60-some pounds. Holy like crap. Unbelievably. Trout? Yeah. That's why it was so r- ridiculous. <laughs> Could you say that one more time? Trout. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I I don't know what to say about that. I mean, typically in Tennessee, we have brook trout where if you get two or three pounds, that's that's something to talk about and take pictures. Oh, and no. in the rain, we get a little bigger, you know, 10, 12 pounds maybe on a good one. And the biggest that I've ever heard of in Tennessee was the brown trout that, that was. The record throughout my young life and it was like 27 pounds the only thing i've heard of 60 <laughs> pounds or bigger is catfish and striper i keep in
0: mind the source on this was a guy i was sitting next to on the airplane but he said mm. that they had the trout in a wheelbarrow and the thing looked like it was just kept from a nuclear power plant's cooling pond it was so deformed <laughs> so
1: well you know, Oak Ridge National Laboratories in, in East Tennessee. So.
0: <laughs> you
1: never know. Uh, what's
0: the fish you know, from Simpsons called?
1: Blinky? Yeah. The three-eyed I used to go of- deer hunting on the Oak Ridge National Laboratories lands. There. Uh-huh. Uh, this jack wagon. Um, this guy, being an idiot out in front of the house anyway we used to go deer hunting on the Oak Ridge National Laboratory's land is managed as a WMA as a wildlife management area in East Tennessee. And whenever you kill a deer there, you have to bring the liver back with you after field dressing it. And they test it for radiation before they let you off the reservation. With them.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. I am looking up recent Tennessee state fishing records. Oh, this is gonna take a while. All yeah. right, well, i right. I'm,
1: I'm I'm not exactly sure that's why everybody's tuned in at the moment anyway, but <laughs> hey, why why not? Uh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we uh uh we have an unbanded. It's from D C. Um, I am approaching halfway point for this and I will say I'm getting a little bit of uh, a little bit more of that twangy flavor, but I am also getting some minerally almost like uh, pencil lead, something akin to like pencil graphite or pencil lead. It is not off-putting. It's uh, interesting how I can be reminded of that smell, but it doesn't make me sick to my stomach. It's oddly refreshing. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, that's what the scarring right now.
1: 100% with you on the twangy, almost but not quite citrus kind of flavor. Um, it has a drying kind of impact on the palate for me as well. Yeah. I wish I had a glass of water here with me. Um, it, it, it reminds me of the Oyo de Monterey. Um, that feeling. I used to smoke the uh, the Excalibur's from them. And then they made a Maduro version. And then this reminds me a lot of that.
0: Those were uh, Honduran tobacco.
1: I don't have the faintest recollection of what was in them. That was a time when I knew nothing about what was inside a cigar. I just buy one and try it. If I liked it, I'd buy another one.
0: And that's not a bad way to be. Well, that uh that is my mid cigar wrap up and uh, and yours as well do we break into the rather interesting news story that's occurred since our final or our most previous recording sure do i do uh, I have to say I was uh caught a little bit off guard by this but um the Head of the FDA or the previous head of the FDA, perhaps. Uh, No, it's the 15th. He's still working there. He is resigning. He will be uh, leaving by the end of this month um, and replaced. Sorry, the gentleman is Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Um, He is resigning, will be gone here in a matter of weeks and is now going to be replaced by Dr. Ned Sharpless is the gentleman's name. Uh, there is a lot going on and a lot of rumblings around the industry as to what this could or should or will mean, uh, for the industry. And, uh, there has even been some speculation by consumers that a more recent ruling in favor of the cigar industry to postpone, um, or extend the period at which cigars need to be tested, uh, <laughs> That that uh, may all be tied together with this. So there is just a lot circulating regarding cigars, the FDA, and potential regulation. Now, what I will say is, uh, the new acting head of the FDA is not necessarily someone that I look at and think, "Oh, good, this is gonna this is gonna change the tides of this discussion." Um, no. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that. If you take a look at politics and what is typically the norm, acting heads, this is not an official nomination. This is an acting replacement. Uh, It's not overly common for them to overtake extremely large policy uh, changes until they have their Senate confirmation. So this may be a bit of a stay for the time being, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily look at this as a positive step. I'll put it that way.
1: Uh, no, I mean, he has a, a pretty solid anti-tobacco background, but he's in an, fact I, he was
0: the one with championing uh, much of the FDA's push against cigarettes and smokeless tobacco in regard to uh, underage smokers or consumers, he, I should say.
1: Right. And but as long as he's got that word acting in front of his name, he's not going to really take on much in the way of policy. And so, I imagine someone else will be appointed, or they would have gone ahead and appointed him. I, I don't know maybe they've change, changed changed their mind and take away the acting. I don't know well
0: maybe uh maybe uh I buried the lead a little bit and didn't really get into the most important aspect here, which is uh something concrete. the fact that <clears throat> the testing for cigars does not. Need to be uh, now turned in, which I was shocked. I think that that deadline was the end of this year at some point originally, and that has now been pushed back two more years. Is am I correct in
1: that? I think it's been pushed pushed back uh, to an an in defi- undefined time. I think well actually an unspecified time. I think it's defined by That's another thing. document that needs to be published, and then it's within a time frame after that document. And I think part of the problem was they don't have clear guidance on how they're going to conduct this testing and what's going to be tested and what limits are going to be in use and that kind of thing. It's, I don't know. I have not been as closely tuned into this as I should be, but I do know how our federal government sometimes works from past experience. And in my past life specifically i had to deal with the epa and in the midst of a 20 plus year project where we were remediating a site contaminated with arsenic they changed the the limit for what we had to clean up to from 50 to 10 parts per million and at that time there was no lab in the country that could test to 10 parts per million if we submitted a sample to them. and so we go to the epa and we're like look First off, we don't think we should be held to this new standard because we're in the middle of a 20-year project and now you're changing the rules to to what we've already agreed to. But on top of that, no one contests to this. Well, you're just going to have to figure out a way. (laughs) Mm. There was no negotiating. That's the standard. Okay, can you tell us how, who, how are we going to even create a, a report back to you that says this is, within that guideline or not. We don't know. Not really our jobs. Our job publishes the interest. Jiminy Christmas. All so right. it's at least encouraging that if they don't feel 100% confident that they're able to provide guidance on how this testing is going to yeah. be done, which is a, a huge question in cigars. I mean, look at the variation in, in tobacco and from between you know where it's grown, what varietal it is. Uh, at what point it was harvested, at what part of the plant it came from, all those things. If you're testing even for just nicotine content, think of the wild variation, and then you do a test on a line of cigars or on a specific Vitola, and next year it's going to be completely different. Or next week it's going to be completely different. Not um, completely, but to some degree, it's going to be pretty different. So it I could don't be completely different. Absolutely, could
0: be. You know, what if he couldn't get... Uh, uh, oh, pinto beans as a cover crop or something, you know. What if they ended up getting soybeans instead or something completely different that changed things? That could have a gigantic impact without having any real way of knowing that it was going to have that sort of an impact.
1: Absolutely. Or or they delayed a certain priming and so now all the primings above that are a little more concentrated or, or less concentrated. Uh, it's not it's not a fixed thing cigars just by their nature have a good bit of variation in them
0: well there's no doubt about that to be certain
1: or your torcedor is ferreting away tobacco to sneak home and roll cigars out of the house and sell it so everything he made that day is a leaf short
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you know (laughs) <laughs> it's all about proportion I suppose that could cause a big old issue couldn't it Mhm Uh it's uh it, it just kind of feels mechan mechaniz yeah like mechanization here they they're going to have to get to that point aren't they I mean
1: going to have to get to s- some common ground where it it is more repeatable Hmm. or the standards are are published in such a way that there's a range for everything. And then that opens up a whole new can of worms because this cigar manufacturer XYZ that has tested this blend today is going to be responsible to stay within that range on every cigar going forward that will undoubtedly be randomly selected and tested in the future.
0: It's uh, It's an interesting... A very for interesting a, conundrum.
1: Even what happens to cigars on the shelf? You have a box of cigars that sits on some retailer's shelf for five years. What are the organic chemistry things going on in that cigar?
0: <laughs> you should write a white paper about the organic chemistry things that are happening in the, the cigar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to get too technical on you there. <laughs>
0: hey uh what do you say we we stop trying to solve the problems of the world and talk a little bit about everything that we've been smoking this past week or two or three actually okay you uh you have anything else you wanna share about that before I forcefully move us on
1: no I'll, I'll withhold all my organic chemistry things <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I want a shirt with your picture that's stuck. On the, uh, <laughs> with your picture that's stuck on the live stream right now, looking like Bob McDuffie
1: <laughs> and Santa Claus's love child. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't make it go away. I can't make it stop. I've unplugged and plugged in my camera. I've done everything I know and it's just stuck. <laughs> with just the
0: heading, uh, yeah, organic chemistry stuff. Things. Things. Uh yeah. That's right. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Dang! And I had visual. Um, what do you call them?
0: Visual Show and tell.
1: Visual aids.
0: Oh, visual aids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, too bad you can't. You're going to miss out. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I'm giving you a visual aid right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah 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 the old hillbilly uh too bad they they uh that that's a little bit too mean for being recorded eternally online i (laughs) won't say that all right i got uh i got six fun cigars to talk about here so what do you uh yeah
1: well i went on a fishing trip man and it's been three weeks yeah, but Dab Blame, you don't hardly smoke six cigars in a year.
0: Dab Blame? Mm-hmm. There's that hillbilly we all have grown to love. Welcome back, Kipperoo. <laughs> yeah,
1: that that just fell out of my head.
0: All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in reverse order here. Uh start with a good one, which is the ever present, always enjoyable. Near the top of my Desert Island cigars, the Ramonionas, specially selected. Ah! uh, We did a box pass on halfash.com not too terribly long ago. And this Rass was a cigar that I picked up from that pass. Um, A lot of the Cuban um, bands have changed in the last five, six years or so. And uh so I know that this cigar, this Ras, was not not very much older than that. I, I would say probably twenty fourteen or newer, um because it had the newer style band to it, and it was just fan flippantastic. Uh the flavors were absolute perfection and as good of a ras as I've had in a long time, but they were light. They were not overwhelming. A lot of times an exceptional ras will just be brimming with flavor. I feel like you could smoke it for two and a half hours. And the darn things are Robusto. You could smoke it for two and a half hours and just take the slightest little sip uh, with every single puff, and it would give you enough flavor. But uh, this did not do that. But it was still one hell of an enjoyable cigar. Really, really good. Oh. Cool. Have you ever had um,
1: those? I have. When House Blend, the shop that I have not now been to in ages, they initially had them uh, back in the day whenever they first opened, I guess a couple years ago. And I had a few of them at the time. And those would have been pretty recent production. And they were enjoyable. They didn't change my life, but I remember liking them.
0: Boy, they, they can change your life, I'll tell you that. Ooh, this cigar just got a new flavor. Hmm, that was yummy. Um, all right, since I have six and you do not, I will do number dos. Uh The old yeah. favorite. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm halfway tempted to guess that for this cigar tonight, but I had a Cabogon Maduro in the Guapo size. So have I mentioned that this cigar... Excuse me, have I mentioned that this reminded me of something? Oh, yeah, a Cabo Maduro. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> these are just terrific. Uh, that, that joke that, was funnier when I wrote it, by the way.
1: That's the Chameleon Maduro.
0: Yeah, really, no joke. Uh, I don't know how many times we've had this as an unbanded, but uh, it's always a surprise every time. Now, it's I love key, these yep. cigars. If you've probably listened to more than two or three episodes, I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. Uh this might be a desert island cigar not because it's the best cigar in the world but because it just feels like that pair of jeans that you've had forever that is so comfortable that when you got to mow the lawn or when you got to do something crappy you put that pair of jeans on cuz you know it's going to make it at least passable. Oh man, I love me some guans. This did not disappoint.
1: Cool. I can dig it. I I, I... Have smoked a lot of cabaguan maduros, but I have no idea what they taste like because always wildly different.
0: Oh, they're not wildly different, (laughs) we're just bad at tasting,
1: they're just unrecognizable from one to the next.
0: I'll say that, yeah.
1: Hmm. Well. On my list, I have no cigars because I have only smoked, I believe, one cigar since the last show, and it was another one of the unlabeled mystery cigars that my friend William gets from some mystery roller who does it out of his house. Wow. (laughs) So, it was good, but it does me little good to talk about it because it's completely unrepeatable, unreproducible, and everyone is just... It, it just stands alone is what it is. Hmm. You can't say, I really like that one. I want some more of those because you just get whatever he's got right now.
0: It reminds but, me of uh, one of those fabled uh, Fuentes that we smoked early, early on on the show. Uh, I'll never have another one.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's here. The prototype thing. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, what were the Angel Share prototypes that ended up not being the final cigar?
0: Oh, They They were were
1: phenomenal is what they were. Mm. Yep. Uh, But I have smoked a fair amount of pipe tobacco. I got one or two here to talk about. The first one was something completely new to me that actually, interestingly enough, was given to me by DC. Same guy that supplied our unbanded tonight. Um, He sent me uh, some pipe tobacco while we were in last year. And the tin date was January 29th of 2018, so I let it hang out for a year and then popped it open within the past couple of weeks. And I had never tried this before. It's called Billy Bud Blonde. Uh, there was a previous blend just called Billy Bud, which I had also not tried, but this is the blonde version. It's from Cornell Deal. Uh The tin description says, It's a blend of bright Virginia Flake, white burley chopped cigar leaf and a touch of Perique. Billy Bud Blonde is a sweet sequel to the blend originally created for Sailor Man Jack. And uh, I did not know much about this blend, but I actually did know the guy they call Sailor Man Jack. Um, he was a denizen of alt-smokers pipes, which was the um, back in the day before we had internet forums when it was just text-based. What do you call those things?
0: Uh, message boards. Oh no, 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 no. Uh,
1: they had a name.
0: That's it's not, not important. I'm allowed to not know. I wasn't
1: even alive. He used to hang out on the one for pipe smoking and every morning he gave his morning bells announcements. You know, he would chime in at the bells through the night watch of what was going on and what he was smoking and that kind of thing. I still have a recipe for vegetable soup that he gave me yeah. <laughs> nearly 20 years ago. But Anyway, this was a takeoff from a blend they, they had made for him uh, way back when. But for whatever reason, I'd never tried it. And uh, I think DC probably picked it up because it said it had cigar leaf in it. And I had said any number of times in the past that It's very rare that I enjoy a pipe tobacco that is made with cigar leaf because it's not often done well. There's only been a couple that that I really like. Um, I like Key Largo from Greg Pease. I think it had some cigar leaf in it. He makes one called Robusto that's okay, but it's a little bit much for me. Um, Dominican Glory from McClellan, which is now long gone, was another one. It's okay, but I never went out of my way to buy it up. Uh, the only one I ever truly loved was also from Cornell and Deal, but it was called Billiard Room and had uh special Syrian Latakia in it that burned up in 2004. Mm. So I've been all these years without anything in the cigar family for, for the pipe. And uh, I got to say, I like this Billy Bud Blonde pretty well. It was, um, the the cigar leaf in it is really in the background. It's not, it's not done with a heavy hand. It's kind of there, um, and and you can pick up on it some, but the Virginias kind of give a good bit of sweetness, uh, whatever they're using. I, it just says bright Virginia flake. That doesn't tell me enough to to know, but they, they put some sweetness in there that really kind of props up that cigar leaf, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, I'm looking at the list here. Also, it says Perique. Uh, I did not pick up much in terms of the Perique because if there's very much at all, I tend to sneeze when I smoke it. This did not make me sneeze um, that I recall. So it must have been a very small amount. Um, but it was a really enjoyable blend. It, it was less uh, less ashy than what Cigar Leaf commonly brings out in a pipe blend, which is why I tend not to like most of them. And... That'd I found it pretty good. It, it does. It, it is kind of weird, but that's what happens. The cigar leaf seems to turn ashy and acrid far quicker and far more easy in a in a bowl than in a cigar. Um, but this one didn't do that. It, it smoked very well. And it was actually very enjoyable. I still got a little bit left. I would show you if um, if my camera was worth a crap. <laughs> yeah. But the, I think the other thing that kind of rounds this out and tempers it is the the burley they have in there uh burley is not something that jumps out as big and bold in terms of flavor it it puts a lot of substance in a blend it has a good bit of potency most of the time but it tends to suck up the flavors of what's around it outside of just a very faint nutty kind of flavor is what i would call it personally that that it lends to a blend. And I think that was done really well. Burley is something much like cigar leaf that in a pipe blend can get out of control. For for me personally, the old codgers they call these blends codger blends. The the old guys smoked tend to be predominantly burley with just a little bit of flavor from some other leaf or even applied as a topping. But but this is done really well, and I actually would not hesitate to buy this. It, it was it was really good. I had a good time with it. And I'm, still, am. I still got maybe half the tea left.
0: I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued by that.
1: <laughs> I will say, it pays with this blend. Uh, after a little bit of experimentation through this first half of the tea, and it pays to pack it much more lightly than normal and smoke it slower, or you can turn it a little bit harsh. Hmm.
0: I wonder what. Well. <clears throat> Topic for another show. We got to have a pipe show coming up here pretty soon, so I'd be interested to talk yeah. about what uh, would make pipe or cigar tobacco smoke so differently in a pipe. But um, don't answer now; just think
1: about oh. it. Marinade. Stupid. You know, <laughs> you know what else smokes differently in a pipe? Uh, no. Hey, the cigar itself. Oh, I've done that just, before. I have too. I. I I tried it with a number of different pipes and it's not it's not a small difference. I don't understand what happens, what the physics are behind it, but you stick a pipe or stick a cigar into a pipe and it's a completely different animal.
0: I I would venture to say it's something akin although <clears throat> much more concentrated to using a punch versus a guillotine when you cut a cigar. I I think the concentration of that smoke where it enters or hits your palate, uh, that's a lot. Not that I generally subscribe to the Hanky Kellner idea of your tongue tasting different flavors in different areas, but uh, perhaps the concentration on your tongue. It might not be able to pick everything up as prevalently as if it's spread around.
1: It's true. Maybe it's just overwhelming.
0: Anyways, I'll do uh, only one more tonight. I think, and save the other three for the next show. Um, but because uh, we are we are getting dangerously close to the end of this cigar, Rothschilds don't last much more than an hour. Um, I'm going to say uh, the Padron Anniversary Maduro Toro. And I don't know the Vitola specifically, but um, also from that last box pass. So I have been on record for saying that I have... Uh, not always enjoyed the anniversarios or anniversaries when they're fresh. Uh, they can be a little much for me. Um, but knowing that I purposely smoked this on one of my later days on the trip after I had already had, you know, 10 cigars in three days or something. Uh, and it was absolutely divine, absolutely spectacular, really, really good. Um, I think that I need to uh, smoke more cigars regularly before I have cigars of a certain, uh, of a certain ilk. And the Padron anniversary is one of those. I think that I probably also owe it to a lot of the Aganorsa tobacco to have some of those cigars on trips when I maybe am uh, pushing myself more than normal. I believe strongly that your palate adjusts that it, it, you know, maybe deadens in some areas where you normally would be heightened on tasting or it just becomes used to and able to perceive certain flavors it might not normally get. But this was uh, <clears throat> this was one of the better ones that I've had. Truly, truly uh, spectacular cigar.
1: So the Bob McDuffie Billy Goat palette is a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... Uh, I might need the billy goat palate.
1: Mm-hmm. I just mean you can you can impact and influence your palate by your volume gotcha. of smoking.
0: Oh yeah, I uh, you know maybe there's a a haze or a patina that's that's built up on my tongue by that point, point. and <laughs> <A> patina uh, <laughs> it allows me to to only taste the good and not get weighed down by the bad, not get the palate pollution. I like so,
1: Patina.
0: Yeah, there you go. Mm. All right. So, Kipper, we got a reveal and some final thoughts on this. I don't know how far along you have, but uh, I'm a couple eighths of an inch from my fingers.
1: Yeah, I got just a little more left than that, but not a whole lot. It's 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 inching down.
0: So I will say that my cigar has transitioned rather uh, surprisingly to a cocoa flavor. Um.
1: <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I actually I had put that on the burner here to say that my that it was a little bit of cocoa-ish but especially dusty. <laughs> it's more dusty than cocoa. It's
0: it's really unexpected. Um. So I don't think that this cigar is what I'm going to guess it is. Uh, but what I am going to say is that there are now two things in common uh with with my future guess um and they seem uncommon or things that i would not necessarily expect um so keep that in mind when i when i uh present things here in a bit but uh this cigar is not overly strong it is a little harsh um i don't necessarily know I, I don't necessarily know if it's harsh because I'm smoking a little bit more of a harsher rum or harsh because I had uh, some spicy food earlier or what. But it's a, it's a little bit, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as refined. Uh, it's as a little a, sharp. Yeah, a little sharper as what I normally get from Dan uh, or DC, excuse me. Um, but it's it's a good cigar. It's not one that I think I'd want to reach for. I don't know, I might want to set it down a little bit before I reach for it again. Maybe come back to these in another six months or so. And I know that that's not a normal thing that everybody likes to do, but this cigar's got something there. With the cocoa on the end and with that new school Nicaraguan Nick Zing on the front, uh, It's it could be pretty enjoyable. So, uh, if I had to guess, uh, I might go kind of along the route of your general cigar Guess, and I might say this is one of those punches. Um, I don't remember if this is the name of Vitola or a specific line, but the London clubs, uh, it's something akin to what I remember with those. They were very new school Nicaraguan and they had some cocoa as they finished out, but I, it's more a guess just because there's a couple things in common. It certainly does have other things that are not in common. I remember those London clubs being pretty aggressive, and this is nowhere near what I would call aggressive. Sharp is the right way to put it, but not aggressive. So I'm, uh, I'd, I'd go there. I think there's probably some Honduran, maybe some Nicaraguan in there as well. Um, it does not appear as if it's a puro in the slightest bit. I'd say that there's definitely tobacco from multiple areas.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you. I can absolutely not be so specific as you are. Um, it does feel overall Nicaraguan to me as well, but uh, I, I don't want to use the word muddled, but there are other things kind of swirling about in there. Uh, I'm trying to find a word that doesn't sound negative. I don't want to say fighting, but there were muddled, but the, the flavors are peculiar because that sharpness lays on top of. Flavors that really seem swirled together, really kind of uh, almost uniform with this one thing that sticks out, this one sharpness, that this one crispness that kind of prickles through the nose on a retro hill, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think it's predominantly Nicaraguan, maybe with some Honduran, just because of that. Uh, there's <laughs> way back in the day, the ah, what was the name of the Honduran cigar festival? Oh, I didn't even puro. know there was a Honduran. Oh, puro subar, Sabar? Se, Sa, sabor, yeah, Sabor, puro Sabor, Sabor, yeah. Sabor. Well, used to Miami Cigar had that line, but before that, even the first year, I think Rocky Patel made made the cigars, and they were very Honduran, and they have a very peculiar had a very peculiar flavor, and in my mind, that is tied forever to Honduran cigars, and I, and I get that from this cigar, but. At the same time, I think what all you've talked about with the 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 Nicaraguan stuff coming through, and I think that really takes the forefront. But I'm going to throw Honduran in there as well. National, oh great day in the morning. I just I'm <laughs> glad, to, glad the camera's not working tonight, boys. Uh, speaking of
0: which, uh, I got to go look at Bob and Santa's love child again. <laughs> 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 it makes me laugh. Sorry, continue.
1: I, I was busy dropping the cigar in my lap.
0: Oh jeepers!
1: That's all
0: right. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we unveil? Yeah. Hello. Well, I got part of
1: it right. Wow, you did. Honduran, Dominican, and Nicaraguan filler, Connecticut binder. That may be where the sharpness is coming from. And Matron wrapper, the 4.5 by 50 Punch Rothschild. Huh. I don't know that I've ever smoked this. You know, Uh, I have not smoked a Punch cigar, a non-Cuban Punch cigar in 10 years or more until tonight, I think, because of the Punch Uppercut.
0: <laughs> you, so you liked the loser on the Punch Uppercut.
1: Uh, that thing uh, gave me an uppercut. I mean, it was a kick in the teeth and hurt my throat. It was scratchy. It gave me a sore throat for two or three days. <laughs> and I thought, that there's no way, no way a freaking cigar did that to me. And I went back for more. And the same thing happened again. And I was like, nope, never again. <laughs> well, I and it—it it was just that other punches without a problem. But that uppercut, man, when that thing first launched, it—it—it it, it just wasn't for me. And I don't, you know what? I'm lying. I'm lying. There was another punch <laughs> that I used. Yeah. A punch pyramid. There was a pyramid, like a number two. They called it. I am Maduro something or another. I used to smoke a good number of those for a while, actually.
0: There was, I was uh, lying, but I didn't know it. Is it the Grand Crew Punch Grand C- Crew? I believe, I believe you're right. Those were
1: phenomenal. I loved yeah, those. I, I did, too. Those were really good.
0: Yeah, those were good cigars. Well, I, uh, I had had... Gosh. It, it, maybe it was on Dog Watch. Dog Watch Cigar Radio that I had the London Clubs once, and I remember adoring them, and that I had since... Bought some and been sent some we may have even been sent one as a as an unbanded at one point or another um and I remembered them having a little bit of that sharpness and a little bit of that cocoa at the end um uh and this cigar just boy it was there was something to it that uh, reminded me of it and uh gosh i should have I should have thought about the punch rothschild but definitely there was something that that was close enough on this one so glad i had it glad dan offered it up and it was uh, a mighty fun experience thanks dc
1: That, that is two in a row we've gotten dead on or very close
0: you know it's kind of funny uh i wonder how many years we're gonna have to wait now before we get another one
1: i don't know but you know i I won't mention the fact that the one I got dead on, I had smoked half a dozen of the month before the unbanded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? If we've proven anything that the unbanded that you smoke most often doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get it as an unbanded. Have I mentioned the <laughs> Cabaguan Maduro?
1: I'm not sure we've ever talked about that.
0: Nah, I'm not sure either. Although maybe I had the conversation with your tumor again. <laughs>
1: All righty. Well, we're cruising into our self-imposed deadline tonight. Are we about ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Have we tie- got anything else to go?
0: No. Tie it with a bow, my friend.
1: Cool. Is this the correct next cigar of the week?
0: I need to look down. Hold on. Let me that, scroll. That,
1: Let me scroll. If you didn't change it, then that is a holdover from last show. And we had already determined that and forgot about it before today when we decided to smoke this unbanded.
0: Well, Kip, we didn't need to tell everybody that that's what happened. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm an open book. With clear uh, pages. Yes, next time, if you still have this from me, we should smoke the Tatuaje Black in the Petit Lancer Ovatola.
1: I do. I have, I think four of these things.
0: Yeah, I uh, shared the wealth with you, I think, a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate you tuning in, whether you're here with us tonight or somewhere down the road. And uh, let us know what you think. You can get us by email to craig at halfash.com or kip at halfash.com or any of the typical social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Or, of course, our own little forum over on the website, which, again, is halfashed.com.
0: Cool. Well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a little bit of an odd dedication. It's an interesting one, and uh, one that I didn't know until shortly before we recorded. But, as I have on so many other evenings, and will one more time, I will say that tonight's show without a doubt, for me, is dedicated to none other than the Prime Minister of Ireland, Mr. Leo Varadkar, I'll pronounce it. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong.
1: (laughs) You're dedicating to a show to a guy you can't say his name.
0: Yep, and he's a politician, no less. It's going out to him. So, for Mr. Leo, that's what he's going to be called tonight, my favorite Irishman of the day, for all of you listening and for kip and i i want to say thank you very much and as always good night everybody and thanks for listening